0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Brewing in China podcast. My name is Joe Finkenbinder and uh, apologies for taking a while to get another episode out. I actually recorded one uh, a while back, right before I went on vacation uh, to Colorado. And while I was gone for a while and I sort of forgot that I hadn't put it out. And then for a short while I, I misplaced the SD card that I had recorded it onto and then combine that with a little bit of laziness and a beer festival and it slipped through the cracks for a couple of months but i really wanted to get it out because um the interview was you know really great uh the girl's name is sandra Kwong, and she is the editor-in-chief of the coaster magazine she's part of the best bev importer in hong kong and also the president of the craft beer association of hong kong so sandra is really knowledgeable, knowledgeable on the hong kong craft beer scene and I thought it would be great to get her perspective on sort of what's going on in the industry and kind of learn you know, where she comes from, more about how what got her into beer. And we discussed some things that, you know, we were both in Germany, you know, for different parts of our education and things like that. So it was a real joy to talk to her. And uh, unfortunately it did take a while to get it out, but don't worry, I have it here for you now. So grab yourself a, a beer or beverage of choice, And sit back and relax and listen to Sandra and I talk about the state of the current Hong Kong craft beer scene.
1: Are you listening? Damn. Yeah. Uh yeah. Is it recording? Okay.
0: Yeah, and we're live. All right. How you doing, Sandra?
1: Good, thank you. And yourself?
0: I uh, can't complain. <laughs> it's another balmy day in Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, thanks for sitting down in, in, in your office today in Central Hong Kong. Um, so I wanted to have you on today because, you know, I bumped into you well many times uh, while I was in the beer b- business in Shenzhen. You keep popping up. <laughs> um, so, where are you from originally?
1: Um, I'm from Singapore, but uh, my whole family migrated over to Hong Kong, ironically after the handover.
0: So after 97?
1: Yeah, my dad has a keen eye for business. <laughs> and, um, so our whole family moved over and I've been here pretty much ever since.
0: How old were you when you moved?
1: Eight or nine. Yeah. yeah. So more of my life has been spent in Hong Kong, but we go back to Singapore every year.
0: I always thought you were from Hong Kong. I didn't realize you were from Singapore until just today. So, uh, I, do, I didn't, do you, sp- what languages do you speak then?
1: I speak English, Mandarin, Cantonese, and German.
0: Okay. Yeah. It'll, yeah, pretty good. you <laughs> did. And so how, and when you're eight or nine, you came here, you went to regular school, Mandarin school, English school?
1: I went to an international school. So, we learned English and Putonghua mm-hmm. in school. And I only picked up Cantonese just from like, Watching TV shows and Mm -hmm. being in the streets. I never learned it formally
0: What's your strongest language? English English because you're just doing business with many different kinds of people all the time Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I use
1: English and Cantonese mainly for work Uh Okay Primarily English for sure
0: and then from that point, you know It's fast forward a while because when did you get involved with beer? When did you become like the queen of craft beer of Hong Kong? (laughs)
1: What a title. Um, With beer in... Okay, so after graduation from Hong Kong University, I went to Germany for two years. Mm -hmm. I think I've told you this. My ex was German, so I kind of followed love.
0: When was this?
1: This was five, six years ago, I think. Where'd
0: you go in Germany?
1: I started in Munich, Mm -hmm. and then um, I kind of did like a whole loop around Germany to like the western side middle germany and then up to berlin and i spent the last six months in berlin yeah
0: you were there for how many years
1: two years almost mm-hmm.
0: total yeah okay. what was your favorite part
1: i really loved the so like typical but i really loved bavaria western germany was really nice as well uh like heidelberg
0: did you do like oktoberfest and get a dirndl and like do the whole dressing up thing and
1: <laughs> i did get a dirndl. No. um so i had a matching one of my ex-boyfriend and we had like the same blouse for mm. um It was very cute, I'll show you a photo later. Alright, we'll put
0: that up maybe on the, the, (laughs) for everyone can see.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really loved Germany, really enjoyed spending my time there, but that was where my love of beer kicked in. I mean, so before going to Germany, all I had experience-wise with beer was, you know, the big commercial lagers and, um, you know, a whole garden, like a wheat beer here and there. But then going to Germany, where they have such a proud uh, history, with beer, and every city has their own distinct beer style that they brew and they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the chance to go to a lot of breweries while I was there, just trying beer out, learning about their history, and that made me realize there's so much more to life than just lagers. There's a lot more than Blue Girl. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. or Ting Sahi.
0: Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it as well. I, I grew up as a, as a young child before I was the age of drinking in Germany, and then I went mm-hmm. back to the U.S. and then came back for university. And, yeah, every, I mean, they were mostly loggers, but every town had its own brewery making them, and they were all quite good. Mm-hmm. Not all, well, yeah, most of them were very good, <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, well, you were in Germany for university.
0: Yeah, um, oh. well, my parents were in the military, and so we lived there when I was, like, really young, like, four to eight years old, and then uh, we went back to the U.S., and then uh, part of my, gra- uh, my undergraduate degree at University of North Carolina, I did h- half of it in Germany. And oh. so I was in Mannheim for mm-hmm. a year and then in Berlin for the rest of the time.
1: Okay. My two least favorite German cities. <laughs> Mannheim,
0: you know, it gets a bad rap. I had a good- it's I so enjoyed, industrial. Yeah, but you know, it's laid out really well because we flattened it, mm-hmm. uh, except for the castle, which was the university. Yeah. But yeah, it's not the prettiest city in, in Germany, <laughs> granted, but the people are nice. Okay. And yeah. uh, Berlin, actually, I was not a fan of Berlin mm-hmm. the first couple times I went. Mm -hmm. but then over it was something like the third time I think I went I finally like it clicked for me and I met the right Mm -hmm. people because this was in 2003 yeah and I I think that like at least at the time for me Berlin was very if you didn't know where to go it kind of sucked and if you did know where to go it was the best city on earth and it Mm -hmm. took a while to find people that just sort of like okay this is where this is going to happen on this time this is where we're going to go to this like underground bombed out house party and you know you're like whoa and it was amazing but it, it, it had to know the right people.
1: Yeah. Well, there's that. And also, like, I was getting sexually harassed there all the time. I for, think it's because I'm a small Asian girl compared <laughs> to you. I don't think you'd get sexually harassed. I never got sexually harassed. that was, harassed, like, my no. bad experience in Berlin. No other, in no other German cities did I get sexually harassed apart from in Berlin. Was it, a, was it, it was, a sort
0: of an immigrant thing or was it a yeah, German thing? Yeah, I think
1: thing? so. It was an immigrant thing. Yeah. Um, like, practically weekly, they will happen. And I was there for almost six months. So you can imagine. That was yeah. a lot of occurrences. What neighborhood were you in?
0: Kreuzberg um, or like in the eastern side no or?
1: I wasn't I wasn't actually on the opposite side more to the western
0: like Zoe kind of
1: south-ish part I don't I can't remember the exact place I was staying at hmm. but yeah uh, it was just like around train stations and um, once I went shopping in Primark and I was being stalked by these two guys they were just following me through each aisle I had to get a security guard to like step in. That was terrifying. That
0: is kind of scary. Yeah. I, I never had that issue. I did, <laughs> you know. um you Yeah. there's a little bit different physical presence <laughs> yeah. we had between the two of us. Uh, I, d- I did get in a few, like, physical sort of, like, altercations. But they were always with, um, strangely enough, was with either a U.S. soldier, which is funny because I'm a former U.S. soldier, <laughs> mm-hmm. or um, an immigrant. But I never had any true issues with, like, native-born Germans. Yeah. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyways, uh, lovely country, and uh, I don't get to go back very often. I haven't been back in over 10 years, but I really did enjoy it. So, Do you go back often?
1: Um, not since I broke up with my ex. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love to go back, though. I love Germany. But um, I don't really know anyone there that's not connected to my ex, so um, it wouldn't make sense for me to, unless sure. I went with, like, a current boyfriend or something. Something new.
0: Well, Oktoberfest mm-hmm. is always fun if you ever get you know, to go back again. That's true. So well, anyways, so from that's when you first get in, involved with beer, and then you come back to Hong Kong, yeah, and you decided to <laughs> do what with beer?
1: Um, well, when I first came back to Hong Kong, I actually wanted to pursue a career in writing. Yeah. So I joined Time Out Magazine for as an intern, and then um, I stayed on for a little bit. But then I get I got contacted by my friend Shaheen, who runs Best Bev. Mm-hmm. So at that time. They didn't have any full-time employees so BestBev is our craft beer uh, importer and distribution company Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong Uh, and how long have they been around we just celebrated our five-year anniversary okay yeah so quite a while so I was the first full-time employee oh yeah so basically he was like oh I know you just got back from Germany you must know a lot more about beer now we're looking for someone who can help handle sales and marketing and of course I jumped at the opportunity because I really Love beer, and it was great fun getting to try all these new craft beers from all over the world, which, um, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to any English or, I mean, British or Australian craft beers before I joined Best Bev, because all I knew at that point was pretty much, you know, the German beers that I've had and whatever was available at Hong Kong at the time, which Maybe was very beers. little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. about
0: American craft beers?
1: Um, So until Lori started AmeriCraft, uh, like maybe six months before Best Bev, Mm -hmm. we had very little or no American craft beers at all. So the scene really started about five years ago in Hong Kong for imports. Yeah, because at that time, I think we only had maybe two or three local craft breweries that were uh, opened or opening. It was a very small scene back then.
0: Yeah, I... um I want to talk about the, the the beer scene a little bit down in Hong Kong and I moved to Shenzhen which is I don't know maybe 15 kilometers from where we're sitting right now and four years ago and I had never been to Hong Kong of, of all my years in China which is I guess mm-hmm. kind of odd but I was in the north so it wasn't a reason to really go to Hong Kong and I kind of had my head down across the border for a couple of years and then when I finally sort of started to I don't know how long cra- basically craft beer has been here mm-hmm. and because uh, when I first showed up Best bed was already a thing. Americraft was already a thing. Mm-hmm. And kind of everywhere I went, I bumped into a lot of imports. Why were there so many imports popping up five years or from then to now? Like there's a lot more beer in Hong Kong by far than there is in China, mm-hmm. mainland China.
1: I mean, I I can't really say exactly why everyone just started popping up like five years ago. I think Hong Kong's a very transient city. We have a lot of expats here. And a lot of people who are very well-traveled and they've been around the world, they've had good alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. And um, the scene in Hong Kong was just very, very lacking. I think it was mainly, it was a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, Hot Leaf and AmeriCraft uh, were founded and then people realized, wow, there actually is a demand for good beer here. Uh, they did really well. And then uh, Best bev popped up and then uh, more and more people started importing their own stuff. And uh, yeah, now... The scene is crazy. We is it just
0: easier mm-hmm. to do it here? I mean, like, why are all these guys popping up? Is it just, like, cheap and...
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think our... Oh, we
0: got our Local. Hope they're okay.
1: <laughs> our, our taxes are lower. In Hong Kong, to start up your own business, I mean, Hong Kong has very low barriers to entry. Yeah. They tend to be quite... Well, not supportive, but it's easy to start your own business in Hong Kong, and that's probably why loads of people just decided to
0: definitely easier than the mainland Mm -hmm. for sure and things are just i mean you can do things in english which is easy Mm -hmm. easier but also just it's it's possible i guess yeah and so since then i mean fast forward to today is it is it what's 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 new about it what's how's it growing Since the five years you've been doing it
1: yeah so five years ago uh we had like i said like two or three local craft breweries that were open or opening and now we're at 35 or 36 that many yeah it's really just boomed Um,
0: I can only think of like a few of them like myself but I'm not (laughs) that entrenched in the in the city
1: yeah I mean there's there are a lot of um, breweries that are still considered nano breweries I'd say so Mm. they're not you don't really see their beers in bars and restaurants but they do like tasting events and um, they're more active on social media which is generally how smaller breweries start to gain the attraction Mm -hmm. especially in a city that's as big as Hong Kong and with everyone who's sort of you know not very consistent in what they like.
0: Right. And how are you defining what is craft though here? Or what is, does it even matter? Is it just about good beer? Or is it a craft beer? Um, what, what's the, what's the. Unofficially. Metric?
1: Yeah. Unofficially craft beer has, like you can't really define it. Everyone has their own individual interpretation of what craft beer is, but as an association. So the Hong Kong craft beer association of which I'm president this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk just, about that later. Yeah. So we've just redefined our bylaws and, um, so, as a corporate member, we now have three sections: breweries, importers and uh, bars and restaurants, so venues, basically mm-hmm. and for for someone to join as a brewer uh, sorry, as a brewery in Hong Kong, um, there are several uh, rules that they have to follow. so you have to be brewed in Hong Kong. you have to be zero percent owned by a global beverage conglomerate. and: zero no no room mm-hmm. for no two percent five percent okay. Yeah. So we're we're quite strict on that so i guess that's our association's definition of a craft brewery Mm -hmm. the zero percent ownage and um to be considered a hong kong brewery you have to have your facilities in hong kong
0: so no contracting in singapore or cambodia and shipping it in
1: no we would consider that as an importer okay Mm -hmm.
0: all right um and what about like if uh if a a, let's say an Australian or a, like for example Little Creatures is here so mm-hmm. Little Creatures well that's not a good example because technically they are owned by a massive mega yeah. brewery so they're in not, Japan they're not but, in the association but what about like um, Stone technically they're independent they come here they open because they're putting a brew pub in Shanghai right now mm. they put one in, in in Hong Kong let's say it's mm. brewed in Hong Kong are they going to be a part of it or it's like nah you're based you're an American brewery
1: um, then they would be a venue
0: they'd be a venue I would assume
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if they're brewing on site hmm
1: Interesting question. I
0: asked this because it came <laughs> up a couple weeks ago. I was talking to Master Gao from uh, or Gao Yen from Master Gao Brewing. Mm-hmm. And um, he said he would consider them to be, a, if they were doing that in Shanghai, that they would consider it to be Chinese craft beer. I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, they've been a defined brand for 22 years or something already. Mm-hmm. So anyways, just curious what other people's feelings are.
1: Yeah. I mean, Heat they have a brewery up north here. And That's we right. consider them an importer. Still, because okay. their original brand base is in Japan. Okay. So I would assume it'll be something similar, but I suppose that's for the board to decide <laughs> whenever that happens.
0: All right. It's not hit there yet. I mean, is you think I'm? Just currently you know trying a bunch of your different beers that you guys have imported. You've got a fridge full of them. Mm-hmm. Is there too much already in Hong Kong, or is it kind of? Is it is it been done already, or is it still room for growth?
1: I think there's too much in the sense that when people started, when the general public started taking notice of craft beer maybe two years ago, we just got an influx of people who knew nothing about beer, who have never been in the F&B industry, just like um, throwing money at breweries overseas to bring them in just so that they can make some quick cash. Mm -hmm. And um, what that did was that it gave a lot of consumers a really bad experience of beer because as someone you know for example if someone who's never tried beer before goes into a bar and um they order something that maybe hasn't been shipped properly like there's no cold chain mm-hmm. whatsoever it wasn't sto- stored in cold storage and um yeah so what they drink is probably not optimal and mm. uh, it could be a little bit skunky or um yeah so it doesn't it doesn't give the, the end product is not as good as it should be because we had a lot of uneducated importers uh, who were just bringing in a bunch of beer just trying to get into the market. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happened in China
0: for sure um, well we're going we Hong Kong's a little bit ahead of us, but I mean mm-hmm. like in generally that's happening a lot right now but I think the beer tastes... if I had to pick I would say it tastes better in Hong Kong and import than it, the same import in, in China mm-hmm. so even though I don't know why. I don't know if it's like, I don't know what magical thing happens when you cross that border, why all the beer becomes oxidized, but it does.
1: Uh-huh.
0: No clue. I mean, I've imported my own beer myself to China that was uh, that I brewed in Hong Kong, and it did not taste as good. I mean, of course, it's going to taste good. I made it in Hong Kong, so it tastes yeah. fine here. Uh-huh. But I know when I received it three weeks later, because yeah. it does take a while to clear the border sometimes, it just wasn't quite what it should be. Hmm. So
1: Maybe while it was like stewing away and- Border control.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they just like they hit it with some sort of magical like ray that makes it all go bad or <laughs> what it is, but I don't like importing to China if I don't have to.
1: Okay, interesting. Well, but here mm-hmm. I find it tastes
0: okay. I mean, not maybe as good as it does back home, mm-hmm. and it's you know.
1: Yeah, but you are going to like um, very specific beer bars that take good care of your beer, and I'm. Um, who are generally very knowledgeable about the industry. Like for example, for Toby, he would know all the best distributors, right? He wouldn't just go for someone.
0: uh... Toby from the globe. Yeah, exactly, sorry.
1: Um, I know it's obvious to me, but, yeah, if you're
0: going to go to the Globe, you're going to get the best pint you can probably get. Yeah, exactly. And there are other places, too, Mm -hmm. but uh, there aren't that many.
1: Yeah, loads more, but um, my assumption is that you know the scene, so you have gone to, like, quite good beer-specific places, and they Mm -hmm. take care of the beers very well, whereas if you just went into, like, a random bar that was not big on beer, but they just had, like, a couple of bottles on the menu, that might not taste as good then.
0: Is Mm. the scene here pretty much... Dominated by the imports, or is it local brewed
1: um, local breweries are definitely taking over more and more taps and like uh bar space and mm-hmm. menu space, but which is a good thing i I really love supporting local, and I think a lot of breweries here are doing a really good job, so I'm happy for that to happen but it's it's two separate markets I mean there's always going to be uh, like I said Hong Kong's very expat dominant especially in the central area Mm -hmm. where you know bars and restaurants are most popular Um, so you have a lot of expats coming in from the US from the UK from Australia and sometimes they're just looking for something from home and Mm. uh, there's a lot of them so (laughs) uh, there is a market for imports and I don't think it's uh, it's necessarily a competing market I think it's Mm. complementary.
0: now but Hong Kong's pretty famous for being Quite expensive when it comes to rent, so are all these people setting up their own breweries, or are they just contracting somewhere else?
1: Um, so right now, when I mentioned that we have like thirty five breweries, I think I should have been more clear about that. I think we have thirty five brands, yeah. so there, there are definitely like a few of those that are contract brewers, which is fine. I mean contract brewing kind of helps everyone you know helps with filling up capacity for brewers. Uh, for breweries and um, for the people who need the contract brewing, it's good for them to test the market, test their recipes, see how it is before they invest in like their own brewery, which is very, very expensive in Hong Kong.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, any, I mean, I, I, I have contract brewed myself uh, many times because it's the only way you can grow sometimes. And I mean, a lot of famous brands, people, I mean, uh, I think it was Brooklyn started off as a contract brewery, Mm -hmm. Boston beer, Sam Adams was a contract, you know, started off brewing it all on contract. So, you know, it's a win-win, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's a win-win, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I guess, to some extent. Um, it, it only becomes a lose whenever you want to brew another batch of beer, and they're like, sorry, tanks are full. <laughs> like, damn, she's going to go find another place to brew. Yeah. yeah. Which is happening right now in China a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I feel like here is the, that I notice when I go out, No matter what I'm buying, it's kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. And beer was already kind of priced high to begin with, whether it was Carlsberg or Blue Girl or anything else. It wasn't cheap to start. Mm -hmm. And when you add the premium craft on top, it becomes a little bit prohibitive um, for, I think, for me at least. I know I kind of hold back at $15 a beer. Um, (laughs) Have you seen that with with your distribution business or...
1: Um, like with bars and restaurants buying from us, or
0: do you yeah, mean, I mean, like, it, do you see like high volumes at those prices, or are you you're going for margins over volume?
1: Um, well, it really depends on which brewery we're pushing. We have some breweries where it's just volume, and then we have some who do like. Well, I mean, we bring in Jolly Pumpkin for one, which mm. is you know very wild and crazy, and their prices are insane. But then we would only target. Uh, Bars and restaurants that we know have like a good clientele of people who understand what craft beer is and Mm -hmm. you know how Difficult it is to brew a product like this and are willing to pay the price So it we have a we have a wide port. We have a big enough portfolio that we can cater to both of those markets Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: What are your I mean? And so I don't know how much you work with best bet because I know you from basically Coaster Magazine, mm-hmm. which I want to talk about, yeah. and the Craft Beer Association of Hong Kong, which mm-hmm. you mentioned you're the president of. Yeah. So do you see much as far as Best Bev concerned, like what's what's popular? Mm-hmm. Or, or hmm. like what's...
1: Um, well, for Best Bev, I'm working part-time now mm-hmm. with sales and marketing. So I come in three days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of what's popular, definitely from our portfolio, our best-selling beers are pale ales and... Golden Ale. So uh, the Golden Ale specifically is from Kona, mm-hmm. the big wave. Right. Yeah, so very popular in Hong Kong. I mean, great branding and perfect Is it because of the branding
0: because of the flavor? Yeah, the weather, the flavor, Yeah, right? yeah it's
1: such a light, like, um, easy drinking beer that it's, we go through that volume-wise very, very quickly.
0: Hmm. And, uh, yeah, nothing that's about it, just the lighter beers seem to be popular because it's, it's hot. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Right on. Yeah. Well, so coaster. Now I went through the website, and by the way, I noticed that you have like a little thing on Shenzhen breweries, and we get no love. There's no mention of Bionic and in your coaster Shenzhen stuff.
1: Are you sure? It's just
0: taps. I yeah. have to go back, and they got to go it. back and go okay. look. I was
1: like, yeah, wow. Our website was actually hacked last week, so we had to roll back a excuses. lot of excuses. Our... It was. Excuses. <laughs> Yes, I did, like We had to change the passwords and everything and, like, go through. Okay, yeah. No, my god, actually,
0: I, my website about three months ago, something happened, and every uh-huh. week I had to take it down and it mm-hmm. had a bug in it. But anyways.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, hacking. Why wouldn't anyone want to hack, like, a beer website? Is web it run on WordPress? No uh, yes.
0: So that's what it is. They just put out something for something that's going to affect a WordPress uh-huh. system, and then it'll just hit that because of WordPress. Oh, my gosh. It's, it wasn't, you weren't targeted you're not that special. <laughs> they just want to hit everybody. No, I I'm, we're very special. <laughs> yeah, you are. So.
1: But yeah, I'm I'm not really um.
0: So what is coaster? Computer literate.
1: Uh, coaster is Hong Kong Macau's first and only bilingual beer magazine. Yeah. Well, it was, and now it's online only because uh, print was just way too hard to sustain mm-hmm. and expensive as well. So we're a small team of four people. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in print for one full year, and then we, when we decided to go online only, we we went to our printers and we we're like, guys, sorry, that's the last issue we're gonna be printing. Um, you know, we have to get with the times and I love a physical magazine, but it's just not viable in this day and age. You know, everything we write, by the time it goes into print, it's pretty much outdated mm-hmm. if it's, you know, in the events or news section. Uh, so we went to our printers, we are like, sorry, this is our last issue and they're like, Oh it's fine. <laughs> we're shutting down in two months anyway. So I mean we can – There, there's a trend of a lot of uh, physical magazines switching to online only. Um, it's just – it's a faster system. Mm. You get your news out immediately, and it's accessible to a lot more people.
0: So, so I was going to ask where you can find it, but it's all going to be online. So Coaster <laughs> – what's the website? Coastermag.com. Coaster, I'm, I'm surprised that you – Got that name, that domain. It seems like it was an obvious choice for so mm. many people to use, and yeah. they didn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, we really wanted just Coaster.com, but that, that was Com. taken by yeah. a coaster-making company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Coaster Mag, close as it gets.
0: So well, you said four people. You're one. Who's the other three?
1: Um, so it's myself. We have John Brown, who was one of the founding members of the Craft Beer Association, and Hot uh, Leaf, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Shaheen, who is one of the co-founders of Best Bev. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Ryan, who is our um, artistic director, I'd say. So he used to work for HK Magazine, uh, doing all their layouts and graphic design. So he was the one who designed all our magazine like layouting and mm-hmm. I don't know the terms for <laughs> graphic designing things. I don't either. <laughs> but, so he's the artsy one. He handles all our, you know,
0: name cards, flyers, et cetera. So you've got a guy from Hop Leaf, which is a distributor, and then a mm. guy from Best Bed, which mm. is a distributor. So it mm-hmm. seems like they get along well enough. They're not like, super competition.
1: I mean, I think everyone in the industry gets along very well. No one's, like, you know... We're not trying to sabotage each other. We're all very good friends. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. that's then, been my experience so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, everyone is very I see welcoming, are yeah. we? No one's talking shit about someone behind their yeah. back. Yeah. Not that I've seen. So yeah. it's, been, it's been pretty welcoming.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but when J- John from Hotleaf, uh, when he joined, he'd already sold his share. So technically, he was no longer with Hotleaf when he joined us. Mm. It, it, not that it matters, but you know, mm. just throwing it out
0: there. Okay, and. Is there an app or is it just online?
1: No, it's just online, but we are, um, what is it? We're optimized for mobile viewing, Mm -hmm. so we didn't really feel like an app was necessary. It's just like another expense that, you know. Got it.
0: And then from that, Coaster Mag, it led to the president of the Craft Peer Association.
1: Well, I wouldn't, it's not that linear, I think. (laughs) So I've been a corporate. Member uh, of Craft Beer Association for ever since I came back to Hong Kong and mm-hmm. was in Best Bev. So that's about four or five years, and then last year I ran for vice president. So for the 2017 term, I was VP alongside uh, Philip. Sorry, Philip, mm-hmm. uh, who was our president. He's now moved back to Sweden. And Tom, who was my co VP, Tom Champion from Little Creatures. So this was back when yeah, Little Creatures was allowed. Yeah. So he's back in yeah. Australia. And um this year it just made sense for me to try and run for president because, you know, I've been in a board for a year and I kinda know what's going on. And it's good to have someone uh, who was from the previous year's board come on as president. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, so that's how it happened. I have a really good team now. Uh We've expanded our role, so now we have seven people total on the board. as myself, my mm-hmm. VP Pat from LV's, uh, Luke Yardley from Yardley Brothers. He's our event officer along with Stuart Bailey. Which is a brewery
0: here in, mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And then two uh, local outreach officers, Kenneth and Nick, who run Hong Kong Beer Geeks, which is a very big and active Facebook group in mm-hmm. Hong Kong with beer lovers.
0: I've never heard of them, but that might be also because Facebook is banned in China, and yeah. so I don't get on Facebook that often.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're great.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think they have like something like two or three thousand members on Facebook, and uh, they do tasting events like quarterly, and they hosted a beer festival recently. So yeah, it's a small scale beer festival.
0: <laughs> how did how to do?
1: Uh, I couldn't make it myself personally. What was I doing? Oh, it was Dragon Boat. Yeah. I dragon boat. So. <laughs> do you dragon boat?
0: Yeah. Explain <laughs> how to. What is dragon boating for those that don't know what's going on?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, in Hong Kong or in most Asian countries, I think we celebrate dragon boat festival. Mm-hmm. I don't know the background. Don't ask me. Really? Sorry. You just get on the
0: boat. Do you bang the drum or do the rowing?
1: I'm ro- I'm a rower, so yeah. I, I paddle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have to I have to do that like three times a week. But but thankfully, on the upcoming Monday, it's dragon boat festival, so that's the final races.
0: Wait, is in like a few days from now? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, that. Monday's
1: a public holiday, it's a Dragon Boat Festival.
0: Oh, that means the banks are closed. Mhm. Damn, I had something to do. Okay, <laughs> yeah. i want to be flying uh, out on Tuesday, so I was mm-hmm. like, Monday I'll go by the bank, but now it's okay. not you have gonna to do happen. it today. <sighs> oh well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you know. When I
0: get back from vacation. So how many people are on this boat?
1: Um, I think it's 18, 18 to 20 for the official races. I think it's only 18 though.
0: And you're just like rowing away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are, and uh, but it's uh the one. The official races are quite short; they're only 270 meters, so it's really a one-minute race. And why I do you say. do? That
0: is it like? Because, does your um, family do it with you, or do you do it by yourself?
1: No, I do it with the, my high school alumni team. Uh, yeah, I mean there are loads of different teams, loads of corporate teams, you know, mm. like banks and. Uh,
0: are you like it. sponsored by like a brewery or something? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should be though. No, we're we're sponsored by uh, a few. Wine importers, who are also alumni, and um, the school supports us as well. I mean, it looks good to have an alumni rowing team, and we're pretty good.
0: Yeah? All, <laughs> the, all women? Or? No, no. It's oh. a,
1: we're, we have two mixed team boats.
0: Okay. Yeah. Who does the, how do you decide who bangs the drum?
1: <laughs> Generally, the lightest player. Uh, so we have two boats, right? So oh. the lightest player from each, the lightest rower, sorry, from each boat will They'll switch because the races are not at the same time for each boat. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, so we have two teams, the maroon team and the blue team. So blue team has the first race. And then so the lightest person from the maroon boat would drum for the blue team mm. and you know, vice versa.
0: Is it because, like, they have to be on the boat and they're not going to be putting forth any effort of power and they have to <laughs> just be light and yeah, tiny? exactly. You're never going you to be hired for job. You kind of need to know, like,
1: the beats, right? Like, bang, yeah. bang, bang, up.
0: I've seen it on TV. I've never seen it live. Wow. It's,
1: it's horrendous life Like there's so many people It's so hot Everyone's sweating And pushing each other around um, This is very morbid But during the heat A couple of weeks ago Someone died Really? Yeah Yeah. He was dehydrated And then he went He was swimming around In the ocean And then he felt really bad He came back on shore And like passed out And then uh, there were A couple of ambulances But they couldn't save him wow. he, And he was like young was he? he was like 31 or 32 So I mean It was just It was so hot that day so, hmm. everyone has to.
0: That's kind of sad.
1: Stay hydrated. Yeah, so it's, it's not an easy sport by any means because you're going at 180% for a full minute rowing, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't properly hydrate and cool down afterwards, then it's very dangerous.
0: <laughs> drink water, not beer. Well, drink water, then beer. Yeah. Got it. So, okay, back to the, the, organ- <laughs> the Crap Beer Association.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've got, what is, what's the main purpose? What are you guys doing?
1: um our main aim is to educate and support the beer scene in hong kong basically we want to support local brewers we want to support breweries uh bars and good bars and restaurants with the good beer bar program so we started this last year Mm -hmm. uh the good beer bar program which um we do basically bars and restaurants can sign up and be like we want to be uh what's that word certified yeah we want to be certified so they pay a fee and then we send two mystery shoppers to go uh drink beer look around their their site see what's happening are they cleaning their glassware properly are the beers always kept in the fridges or are they being are they sitting outside the bar for like two three hours in Mm. the heat you know waiting for i don't know space in the fridge uh and so forth so we have like Three lists of criterias, uh, three pages of criterias that mm-hmm. uh, the bars and restaurants have to hit. And if they pass, well, I think it's like a 70, 80 percent if you hit like.
0: Yeah, you're not going to hit all many, of them, but mm-hmm. most of them.
1: Yeah. Right? Uh, then you will get the certified beer bar stamp. Do they approval. also like
0: do you get training? Do, do you send someone to train them or do they have to do the training on their own? Or like, here's a test, study for it. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, they, they get the forms. The bars and restaurants get the forms beforehand, so they know what to look out for. And after the evaluation, we also give them, like, our list of what needs improvement and what they're doing well. So it's, it's good for both, both sides.
0: Has it been popular? People doing it?
1: Um, right now, we have eight certified venues, I think, and mm-hmm. we're trying to hit more this year. So mm-hmm. it's still it's very new. And, um, yeah, but I think it's very beneficial, especially for consumers. I mean, they can go on our website, and there will be a list of uh, recommended bars and restaurants because there's it's a good idea items.
0: for China. I mm-hmm. feel like I should try to somehow steal that idea yeah. who can be a member. Cause I mean, you, I'm mm-hmm. technically not a brewery in Hong Kong, but, um, I'm in the, the mm-hmm. thing, association. Association. Have so you paid your dues? I did pay my dues. <laughs> I paid my dues. I always okay. pay them okay. a little late, but I, pay, okay. I paid them. Mm-hmm. I think I paid them. Yes. I paid okay. them. Yeah. So who can be in this thing?
1: Um, so we have two different, uh, Branches of the crafty association with the individual membership and the corporate membership. Mm-hmm. Individual membership, obviously, just for individual players who are not in the beer scene, uh, who are just interested in beer and they want to come to our events. Uh, we generally offer a lower ticket price for our individual members, mm-hmm. and we also have individual member benefits, so they get a whole list of uh, discounts and offers from importers, uh, bars, restaurants, breweries, etc. Like 10% off Best Buy website for one. Um, Maybe, like, uh, you can come to a brewery tour and bring one person for free mm-hmm. if you're an individual member. Uh, yeah, and then the corporate side, which I've mentioned before, we have that branches off into another three criterias or sections. The breweries, importers, and venues. Yeah, so if you're in either of those, you can...
0: Are the importers or the bars, what's the largest contingent? Uh,
1: I would say importers right now, or you know, the people showing up. Local brewers, yeah.
0: Well, you have meetings on like a Friday at ten a.m. So I mean, most people. I mean, if you're not in a brewer or in the business, Mm. you don't have to. You can't go, right? You have to work. But yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we're being able to be part of it, even though we don't get to come that often. I might hit three meetings a year, Mm. but it's been beneficial. I feel like at least to connect with people. my reason for joining was that we are right next to each other. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, in 30 minutes you can be in, in Shenzhen. And yeah. so I thought if people need a bridge over, like, we can, like, be that bridge. Yeah. Have people on our side. And then also maybe we'll help. We'll understand more about what's going on in Hong Kong. It's good to know what's going on in your backyard. your backyard. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And
1: what you've done with the Shenzhen Beer Festival is really great as well. Like, every time... You like mention it. We'll put it in, on our calendar and tell everyone go to Shenzhen. Yeah, yeah. And last
0: year I think was the first. I mean, I know the people came over the second year. I mean, mm. I saw a few. The first year, I mean, we were so new that no one I knew who we were. Mm. Uh, the second year, I definitely saw some people that came over from Hong Kong that I knew um, for that. And then mm. the third year, really took off, and there mm. was a lot of people I think that came from Hong Kong. And I think it's because the festival that we do is quite different from the ones at least that have been done in the past in yeah. Hong Kong. I don't know what's going on today, but. Um, maybe we can talk about the beer fest scene, mm-hmm. but like I, I only know Beer Topia. Yeah, I don't really know what else is going on. And I'm a big fan of Beer Topia. I think it's great, but it's mm-hmm. definitely very different from what we do, mm-hmm. where it's just local craft beer, very small, very intimate. Yeah, and Beer Topia is—it's what it sounds like. It's mm-hmm. enormous. Mm-hmm. Right? It's Carlsberg yeah. is there, and yes. anybody that sells beer is there. Yeah, so it didn't used to be that way. No.
1: Yeah. No. 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 He only started. So John So, the founder of Utopia, he only started taking money from the big boys I think two years ago. But initially, well, because he all... had to pay
0: for that venue, I bet down, hmm. downtown on the waterfront. Maybe hmm. not. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of drama <laughs> going on right now.
1: Uh, I don't know if you know this, but recently the Brewers Guild in Hong Kong, which consists of you know mainly the brewers in Hong Kong, uh, I don't they... know anything. So please tell me. Oh goodness. Uh, they wrote a collective letter and sent it to John, saying that they would no longer be participating in Beertopia. Oh, really? Basically, he's like, tripled booth prices, um, and also uh, booth prices for you know people who want to set up a stall there, but also he's increased token prices for uh, beer purchasing. So basically, this happened last year, and none of the brewers were informed, -hmm. And so they on the day had to then adjust their prices accordingly because you can't sell beer for less than, you know, you have to try and make a profit or at least Mm. make a decent enough margin. Exactly, but on the end of consumers, what they ended up having to pay was like almost 80 or 90 hong kong dollars for a beer for for, yeah for a pint which is 10
0: plus dollars mm -hmm. U.S.
1: Uh, in an outdoor festival where there's not enough seating and it was very very hot so it was quite uncomfortable last year and so we had a lot of people coming up to the booth and being like why are your beers so expensive blah blah Um, but it really wasn't on us it was on the organizers for increasing the price so much and it just became unreasonable like for 80 90 dollars you could be in a very comfortable bar or restaurant
0: yeah. in
1: town in air conditioned areas with full service, mm-hmm. you know, and not have to wander around in the heat chugging yeah. beer. So I don't think it was a good end experience for consumers.
0: And you pay to get in as well. Exactly. Like so there, you pay yeah. fifty dollars Exa- US or something, mm, three hundred yeah. something, Hong Kong.
1: Yeah, I think it's three eighty for okay. a ticket. So that's on top of the entry prices. So people and people were running out of money as well and uh you i think it was cash only still at that point so people had to leave they had to walk all the way over to the nearest shopping mall to get to an atm and then come all the way back and it was just it was a shame i think the festival was sort of
0: hmm. i have a biased view Um, this is the only It's a blessing and a curse as a, as a brewery owner. um, I usually end up going to boost to give me a bunch of free beer. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, it's, it's, it's a curse because you drink too much beer, (laughs) but it's nice because you, you save quite a bit of money and I didn't notice it, but I did hear a lot of people talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we do chain. We do a lot different at our festival, which is we try to make the boost more reasonably priced, but that's really a function of the rent of the venue. I mean, I Mm -hmm. can't do much with the the landlord wants X. I got to pay it, Mm -hmm. but We don't do tokens um so when the you know they pay for their booth but all the money that comes in goes directly into their pocket and we don't take i think they take 20 percent. so if you spend 100 you only get 80 in tokens Mm -hmm. 20 goes to the house um we have a lot of back and forth um for our new this year's festival about that like do we want to do that and i constantly say no we don't want to do that we want to make sure that the brewers keep as much money as possible in their pocket Mm -hmm. because it's not just the tent fee that you have to incur as a brewery to go to a festival that's actually usually a third at, at most of your cost. Your mm-hmm. real costs are your hotels, transportation, your food for your staff. You know, that whole, like, weekend um, can be quite expensive, and we try to... You might not make your money back, but hopefully you'll break even. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we did the, the Topia Festival as a brewery. Bionic did it three years ago, yeah. and I made the decision after that to never do it again. Okay. But it wasn't because of John. The reason why was because it was a little expensive,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: a big reason was... Nobody wanted to drink our beer because we were from China. Aww. So, like, all these Hong Kong people were going by, like, from China? I'm like, yeah, like, no. I'm like, this, just try it, oh you know, because, like, it's far better, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than a lot of breweries be- that are making beer here. <laughs> uh, but they because it had that, like, connotation of mainland mm-hmm. China, they just, like, wrote it off from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so we totally toned down our, our We're Made in China sort of angle, marketing angle. Okay. Uh, but we decided, like, now nah, we're not going to do it anymore. We'll do our own festival, and, and beers will be... Our beer prices are, let's say, if you're quoting $10, ours would be 4 maybe on, on average for, mm-hmm. for a beer. So it's a lot. Um, and, and the ticket price to get in is only... Uh,
1: 100 Hong Kong dollars. Maybe. It's
0: 100 but you get a free beer with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you get
0: a piece of... And you get a merchandise. Yeah, like an actual thing you can glass. keep. And, yeah. oh, and the bandana. Yeah. So you I actually end up paying like $2 yeah. to get in. It's very... It was very amazing. Well no, I
1: really she- liked your festival. I had a lot of fun last year. It was my first time going last year. I don't know mm-hmm. why I missed the first two. I think just because of China.
0: Yeah, because ex- you're like most people. You've lived in Hong Kong. How many times have you been to Hong- Shenzhen and you've lived in Hong Kong for, what, 20 years?
1: I, well, I don't know. A handful of times. A
0: handful. In 20 yeah. years. It's 10 kilometers away. You can I run know, to it. I know.
1: I know. But it's a bit of a journey.
0: Yeah, I get it. I understand. It is kind of nice here. The internet works very well. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Well, All right. So, um, people that want to get in touch with you about a couple of things. One, you got the Coaster Magazine, mm-hmm. and you got the Craft Beer Association of Hong Kong. So, if someone was maybe wanting to import beer or something, you're probably mm-hmm. a good person. You could at least point them in the right direction and kick the can to another person. Yeah. How would they get in contact with you?
1: Um, they can email the Craft Beer Association email, which is info at cbhk.org, or just email me directly. CBHK
0: or CBAhk,
1: C-B-A-H-K.
0: Dot. <laughs> Org. 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 Got exactly. it. All
1: yeah right. uh, i mean i'm not hard to find. They can like Facebook message me or tweet me or instagram me
0: <laughs> and for you know, um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll you're not that hard to find um, <laughs> For people, like a lot of people, as you said earlier, coming through here very quickly for business. Mm-hmm. I was just in the Globe, uh, and I met a guy who was on his way to the uh, to Shenzhen actually. Okay. Um, for uh, he worked for Amazon. He wanted to check out where they're making their Kindles. Mm-hmm. So people come in here quite a bit for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Anything they they need to do as far as like not even related to beer okay. or beer thing beer wise.
1: Uh, well, definitely visit one of the islands, outer islands, like Lama or Changzhou. They have really good seafood. You can take the ferries from, from Central, and mm-hmm. I think it's like a 30-minute ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to a really quaint, quiet island, uh, usually if you don't go on a weekend. Uh, amazing seafood, uh, great atmosphere. You can rent a bike and cycle around for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to the islands is always fun. And uh, what else? The peak is a no-brainer just to get the views of Hong Kong, but only if the weather is nice. Yeah, it was
0: cloudy, kind yeah. of pointless.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then just shopping. Hong Kong is a paradise Is that your thing when you're not
0: doing beer? You're out there just shopping?
1: <laughs> or getting massages, foot massages. <laughs>
0: massages are nice. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommended.
1: <laughs> exactly. And
0: I'm um, oh, mm-hmm. sorry, did me cut you off.
1: Oh, no. Ocean Park. Amusement Park. What's Ocean Park? I haven't <gasps> been there. What? It's well. I mean, do enjoy roller coasters? And...
0: Yeah, I mean, like if I don't have to wait in line for three hours to get on yeah. them.
1: Well, if you don't go on on a peak. Is that on Central Island? Uh, it's it is in the Hong Kong Island, but it's on the south side. It's on
0: that green line, right? That goes the new
1: one. Okay. Uh, I think it's Baby Blue. I'm not sure. Yeah. So there's actually a MTR station now that goes straight to Ocean Park.
0: I think I saw that. Is that down mm-hmm. by um, Young Master Ellis? Yeah. Yeah. It's near them. Exactly. Okay, so you had a brewery and a a amusement. What about Disneyland? Terrible, Disney World, I don't know. It's
1: tiny. I mean, the Hong Kong one is so, so small. Like, there is no point going. And it's more expensive than Ocean Park, but they only have like two roller coasters. Ocean Park is like five. I mean, I love roller coasters. I'm an adrenaline junkie, so I would definitely recommend Ocean Park. And Ocean Park's also a um, marine life conservation center, so you get to see dolphins and seals and Arctic foxes, and our pandas are there they have pandas. seems yeah. a little hot
0: for pandas. Oh,
1: but they have... Oh, They're living the life. They really? have such a good life. Fully air-conditioned, bamboo everywhere. And
0: they just, like, roll around and sleep and eat. It's hot as hell here. What about water parks? You guys got any water parks? We...
1: I think there's one in Tin, but I have not been. But if you're on the MTR heading over, you always see it. Uh, but, yeah, no, I've not been. Oh, you're right. There's some yeah. sort
0: of, like, natural lake pool thing. Something like right? that. Right? It's, like, a huge, old, white, colonial-looking house, and then there's a... I, didn't, I don't know how oh, to you describe right. and it. And people, it, are,
1: they, they water ski and stuff around It's that. huge,
0: but it's not a pool. It's like a natural pool. Like mm. they dug it out of the ground and then right. lined oh, it I know up. what you're talking about. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. On thing? the way
1: to Taipo. I don't know. I've never been, but I've just seen people like do stuff on it. Uh, <laughs> but we need a water park. I love water parks. They might be expanding Ocean Park to include one.
0: Good to know. mm all right. Well, Sandra, I appreciate it. I know you got to run to your next event here shortly.
1: Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming all the way over to my office.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me and all these uh, wonderful free beers. <laughs> Only for you, Joe. All right. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Tell me more bad news, and how'd you put it? Oh, my God,
0: man, oh, it got me sudden
1: Still my credit is no good here Holding plastic chips in an airport pharmacy before a red eye With a song written in a pig pigsty
0: Dedicated to your smile Didn't anybody see your face? Didn't anybody wonder?